until we get to such a place as we're putting some of the basics in place, like universal childcare and a living wage and access to affordable housing and quality education, we're gonna have people in distress. Welcome to the latest episode of our Good and Grounded podcast. It's a project that our Ground Floor Media and Center Table team members created at the beginning of the pandemic. I'm Laura Love, and along with my trusty sidekick and co-host, Jim Lucko. Vincent Echidi has been leading the charge at Mental Health Colorado uh, since 2019, which is a nonprofit organization that advocates for Coloradans who are experiencing mental health or substance abuse issues. Uh, previously, his work on numerous task forces, steering committees, and advisory councils on the topic of mental health are far too many to even begin to list with the time we have for our podcast here. But suffice to say, uh, our next guest is no stranger to this very, very, very important and timely topic. Uh, welcome to the show, Vincent, and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Well, for those, first question at the macro level, for those who aren't familiar with Mental Health Colorado and before we get too deep into the issues themselves, can you share your focus and mission with the organization? Sure. So what we like to say is we're trying to promote healthier minds across the lifespan for all Coloradans. That's great. This is such a layered issue. And, and I mentioned uh, in your introduction, your long and vast uh, experience with, with mental health issues. What drew you to this work? Huh, well, that's a, I've been interested in the health of communities um, throughout the whole length of my career. And, you know, I, I spent a number of years working on access to care for Medicaid enrollees in Northern Colorado and uh, managing care in order to yield better health outcomes and um, reduce costs associated with overutilization of wrong parts of the system. And one of the things that we discovered in the course of that work is the common thread through a whole lot of um, poor health outcomes and overutilization of safety net systems are unaddressed mental health issues. Uh, and then from there, you know, moved on to the Equitas Project, you know, always a glutton for punishment and interested in taking on impossible challenges. And that focus on disentangling mental health and criminal justice which I think is one of the most painful and tragic uh, features of our whole social landscape as a community, where our, our shortfalls as far as healthcare and health go yield mass incarceration, basically, and really discriminatory management of people who have had unmet health needs over the course of their lifetimes. Yeah, it's so true. You mentioned we have a pretty serious issue on our hands, and so many, many people would go as far as saying that Colorado has a very, very broken mental health system. I think I read that Colorado ranks near the bottom from mental health care. Is, is that true? Yeah. Uh, our national organization ranks the states every year. Uh, and as far back as I've looked, we're ranked in the bottom third of the nation. This year, I think we're ranked 47th out of 50 in terms of needs versus access to care. You know, when you say broken system, I feel like we use this word system and it's, it's not helpful because if we've got a system, the system is neglecting, ignoring, uh, and otherwise failing, um, and then yielding populations of people living under bridges or in parks or in jails and prisons or overdosing 
or dying by suicide. That's our system. Why, why are we one of the most educated states and we are falling so far behind in mental health? That is just the question of the year for sure. Not only educated, but really well-resourced, right? Because we've been bragging right. about how strong our economy is. Mm -hmm. And we spend a whole lot on behavioral health and have had years of productive legislative sessions, you know, passing new policies to increase access to care. And yet still, we've got this problem and I have to imagine, and I know firsthand from friends that have gone through this during the pandemic, the mental health issues increased and the access to availability decreased and the waits are longer and they can't find beds. They can't find counselors. Like, it seems like we're at this tipping point. What are you and your team doing to sort of address that? Well, we try to identify the most significant gaps um, and keep a spotlight on those so that we are helping to drive conversation at the leadership level. And our team, we bring a, the unique perspective that we are pure and simple advocates for Coloradans' health, uh, but we really try and just bring the perspective of you know what Coloradans want and need to be well. And that gives us a unique spot because we're not providers. Uh, we're not profiting from any particular angle of attack. We've got a mission that is for the people. Yeah, it's such a, we talked about it, it's such a layered uh, issue that has, it's, it reaches so far from criminal justice to um, general health issues to um, people experiencing homelessness and, and then the strain that all of that adds to our society. I know that Governor Polis recently committed to spending at least $400 million um, from the latest COVID-19 federal relief package on mental and behavioral health solutions. How will that money be allocated? And then maybe if you can also address, uh, you know, where you would like to see that money start. Well, that is definitely the question these days. And it's $450 million. It comes to us from the American Rescue Plan Act as part of COVID relief funds. And there's a legislative task force that's been assigned to make recommendations about how to allocate that funding. Uh, and then a sub panel of experts from around the community that are in turn going to be educating and making recommendations to those legislators. Uh, and as it turns out, I'm the chair of that sub panel. Appointing me to serve as chair is representative of something that has been consistent in the work of the Behavioral Health Task Force which preceded this, and that is a, an outspoken commitment to really trying to get this right for Coloradans. As far as what we're gonna do with that money, that is what's going to be determined over the course of the next two months of pretty intensive meetings, uh, which we're, are all going to be as public and transparent as our technology can make them. The group really understands that this is an opportunity to do something transformational for our overall system and that we should see the investment of these $450 million as being sort of like a beachhead uh, or a landing that will really get the ball rolling toward a whole series of transformations that should naturally come out of it and may require some uh, policy work after the work of the task force. You know, some of the things we know are missing. Uh, we know that we have a real serious lack of inpatient capacity 
at a number of different levels. And it's that lack of inpatient capacity which drives homelessness and drives mass incarceration, those two ends of things. You know, we know that we've got a giant backlog of people being held in county jails awaiting access to state hospital beds for the competency restoration process so they can face the criminal charges that they're being held for. Uh, those people are being held in jails without having been convicted of any crimes. The state is in a constant state of violation of the terms of a federal consent decree and so pays fines uh, every year. I think this year we're paying $6 million in fines due to um, holding people unconstitutionally uh, in terms of their civil rights. Okay, Vincent, can I just ask you, so I, I, I know it's a really, and you know it better than anybody, but why? When we're spending $6 million a year. Why? Is it we don't have beds? That is the story. Is it a simple infrastructure and providers? Uh, in, yeah, it's infrastructure and workforce, but infrastructure primarily and the infrastructure has been complicated by COVID. How many years have we been paying $6 million a year? Like, how long has this been going on? How many years? Well, the lawsuit, I think, was initiated over a decade ago by Disability Law Colorado. So if you were a committee of one, which I know you're not, and you had the crystal ball and the magic wand, it sounds like the two things you would recommend are addressing the lack of inpatient capacity and the lack of access right now on hospital beds for those waiting in jails. Yeah, I mean, I think those are two urgent things that are on a lot of people's minds right now. What else? You've got $450 million and you're a committee of one. What do you do with it? Yeah, well, you know, the other things that we worry about are workforce shortage issues. You know, housing is a huge issue, affordable housing, supportive housing, but there's also a bunch of an equivalent amount of millions for a housing task force, uh, which is convening in parallel with our behavioral health task force. And so we will be working as closely as we can manage to with that housing task force so that that giant intersection of behavioral health and housing is something that we address in sync with one another so that our recommendations are coherent and there may be funds available out of both of those streams. You know, the other huge area of concern is substance use. As you're aware, you know, we have huge con concerns about overdose um, and dramatic increase in rates of substance use associated with the pandemic. And we've got really limited access to meaningful care um, for children and adults Detox capacity is limited in most communities around the state. You know, the other thing I'd mentioned about substance use is there's talk about discrimination in mental health. This is a really key area for discrimination. Uh, we discriminate with regard to our substances without even thinking about it uh, and allow ourselves that. And we've got really selective permission, right? We've totally absorbed alcohol uh, into our cultural world with advertisements and, you know, children who are well-versed in alcohol being part of our world. Uh, and yet we dramatically discriminate against people for other substances that they use. And 
all of that has to go if we're going to get to a healthier spot. And we need to understand that humans use substances and they use substances because they're experiencing what it's like to be a human in a, in a world that is distressing. And um, if I had $400 billion instead of $400 million, what I would do is address those preventative uh, things because I think that we're always going to be in a crisis situation and reacting to a, an unhealthy population until we get to such a place as we're putting some of the basics in place that some of the more developed nations have secured for themselves, like real meaningful family leave and mm -hmm. universal childcare and a living wage and access to affordable housing and quality education. You know, until we put those kinds of basics in place for our populations, we're going to have people in distress. Yeah, that's my 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 head swimming with with all of these thoughts is as I'm sure you being the chairperson uh, in charge of deciding how to use funds at that level and try to solve this problem that's so big uh, are well too aware of. Um, but we, when when we try to wrap each episode of Good and Grounded, we try to leave our listeners with something they can do to make a difference, to help. Um, and, it, and, you know, I'm sitting here listening to this and thinking, boy, there's nothing I as an individual can do, uh, but there has to be something. What would, you, what would you leave our listeners with as a way to get involved or to help support efforts surrounding mental health services and support in Colorado? Well, thank you. And there's definitely things that we can do as individuals. And um, pointing back to mentalhealthcolorado.org, uh, our website, I would say that, you know, one thing that you can do if you're worried about mental health on an individual or family level, you know, we have free anonymous screenings uh, for the whole array of different kinds of mental health concerns that are really just sort of a little survey type check-in where you can get a sense of where you and your concerns are in the spectrum of the whole population. And that's an indication of, huh, maybe I should take this more seriously than I have been and seek professional help. And so we've got all those resources. So, I mean, the one thing to begin with is just that aspect of seeking the help that you need. And even if it's hard to get, uh, that shouldn't keep you from seeking it. And, you know, one of our pathways is Colorado Crisis Services, which is 24-7 clinical support. Uh, there's also something called crisistextline.org, which is 24-7 text support um, for people. So never hesitate to ask, and better to be safe than sorry. Don't doubt for too long before you ask. But then in terms of activating a change, um, you know, we have a statewide group of advocates we call the Brainwave, and these are people who've had all kinds of experiences of accessing or providing care or other aspects of the system, and we mobilize this group to provide testimony in the legislature or to participate in emailing campaigns to local and state officials. Uh, so your participation in that really is meaningful because our government, you know, it's a small world here in Colorado. And when one of your state representatives gets 10 emails about a mental health related issue, that's ringing a pretty loud bell in their ears. Um, and so your participation in that process is, is really valuable. Well, and it's such it's such a, a tip of the spear topic as we've been discussing. You know, it, it it unfolds into so many different other equally 
complex issues of, like you were saying, incarceration or, um, you know, substance abuse issues and all those things. So I think it's important for people to, to get involved at that level. And if you, if you care and if you uh, want to try to make some change, write that email to your local legislator and, and, and you know, do that. It's something we could all do in 10 seconds in our sleep if we, if we needed to. So uh, great advice. Well, thank you for all you're doing. And I know you are not a committee of one, but you are leading the charge. So we appreciate it for everyone in the state who is suffering and may remain hopeful because of the work you're doing. So thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being committed to improving mental health in Colorado. If you're interested in learning more about the task force that Vincent mentioned, you can visit mentalhealthcolorado.org backslash task force and get some more information on the public meetings as well as a multitude of other resources. Obviously, mental wellness is such a critical topic right now. And one of the cool things I've been exposed to over the past few years is an organization called Project Helping. It was started by a really wonderful human, Justin Kruger, and their mission is so simple. It's, they make it, in their words, ridiculously easy to find a sense of purpose and create meaningful connections by creating volunteer experiences and providing an online community called Kind Hub. So if you're interested in volunteering to hopefully create a sense of community and get out of any sort of isolation that you may be feeling, reach out to projecthelping.org and there are so many cool things to do. If you know of a strong leader making an impact in our community, please reach out, drop us a line and let us know who it is and we'll follow up. Don't forget to follow us and subscribe to wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.